the life after high school podcast all right so mandy we are recording um we are live and uh thank you very much for doing this i uh, really appreciate it i'm a big fan of your show and uh your youtube channel sorry and uh i really appreciate your time so thank you thank you for having me pleasure to be here awesome i'm glad to hear it so i know high school was probably high school was a while ago for you right like a, you wanted to say a really really long time ago so go ahead <laughs> <laughs> no even not i wouldn't add maybe three really but it seemed like a long time ago but um i graduated from high school in 19 june of 1994 were you even born I, i'm 46 I was, yeah <laughs> i was just about to say i was like um I was 96, baby. So that's a, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so what was if you can um, remember as much as you can about it? Uh, what was that transition like for you leaving to kind of where we are now? Like, take us through that. Well, that's a lot of years, but uh, <laughs> perfect all the time. In the I, world. Uh, I knew that I think for pretty much my whole life that I wanted to be a teacher. And so I transitioned pretty easily from high school to Laurentian in um, just a general arts program. I have a double major in French and English. Oh, nice. And then I just moved directly to teacher's college. So it wasn't, it wasn't a time full of deliberation for me. It was something nice. that I knew that I always wanted to do. And I, and I did it. And I got a job teaching pretty much immediately. Um, taught for several years, had a family, all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and then transitioned into what I'm doing now. Actually, back up a little bit. My kids got to be a little bit older, and you know, then you're kind of like, well, you've spent all of this time raising a family. You're busy. Yeah. You're busy being a mom and doing this and that and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then once your kids start to become a little bit more self-sufficient, you're like, well, well, now what? <laughs> So uh, yeah. I was big into fitness. I decided to become a personal trainer and oh, cool. take my business online. And um, that went okay. It was fun. But then I told myself, you know, I only want to do this for as long as it's fun. Mm -hmm. And then it started to become more of a chore for me. Yeah. So I gave that up. And now I just kind of do what I do for fun. Nice. And that's that. that's yeah. awesome. What was a... Uh, so... Yes, then how long ago did you get out of teaching? Um, I still teach, but yeah. that's not really, you know, what I talk about on social media and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So that's sort of like just my real life that I keep kind of more private. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So then kind of what's COVID been like for you with mm -hmm. everything you got going on and all these transitions and still teaching and still doing what you do? Yeah. So. Well, COVID, like for anyone, I guess, for me, is has not been enjoyable. Nope. <laughs> uh, luckily, I've been lucky enough to stay safe and healthy, yeah. and so has my family. That's good. So, so that's good. Um, but, you know, I'm actually an introvert, and I don't have like a raging social life <laughs> outside of my home anyway. Yeah. So to me being, I don't want to say stuck at home, but forced to spend more time indoors. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind it. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I, oh, nice. The biggest thing for me is that I feel bad for 
small businesses who are struggling mm. to survive. So for me, the, the empathy part is the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad everybody's like, I'm glad that it's not something that you found is a very big toll that it's taking on you. Cause I know there's quite a few people myself included where if I wasn't, I'm fortunate enough to be working, I work in property management. So I don't, mm -hmm. and getting people into buildings is considered an essential, so, like essential service. I guess people need right. a place to live. Right. So, um, for that reason, thankfully, but every person I've talked to, it's good. You're probably one of the first people in a while. That's like, I don't mind it. I'm like, that's really good to hear. I'm sure that's really good for your mental health for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I don't struggle with it in that way. Personally, like I nice. said, it's more, I recognize that the struggle is huge for most people. And so, you know, my, my heart goes out to those people who are struggling to survive at this point financially. Mm -hmm. It's just such a, you know, such a huge obstacle. And then to, to attempt to overcome that, it's not just like they get to go back to work and things are as they were like, Lots of people have lost out on months and months, almost a year now of income, right? And that's yeah. that's devastating. So yeah, it's too bad. How does um how does the teaching online work for you? Like uh because you you're not uh, teaching are you teaching post secondary or let's get into that answering. a little bit later. Okay. Sounds good. So how I kind of discovered you was um I ended up talking to my friends, Andre and Cliff, and then I've been following them for a while and then seeing you guys or them do your show. And that I was like, Oh, cool. Like when it comes to podcasts in Sudbury, I get really, I get really excited. Cause I'm like, there's part of me that's like, Oh, competition. And then there's part <laughs> of me that's like, Oh, this is super cool to see what somebody else is doing. And then from a local point of view and seeing how that, how that all works but um with that how did you get into podcasting like tell me about that well uh like i said i started out on social media because i was doing online training mm -hmm. so uh, almost three years ago i guess it'll be three years ago in march i started my first ever social media profile so before march of three years ago i had nothing i didn't have facebook i didn't have instagram i didn't even really know what Instagram was, but I thought, you know, I, I can't, I'm not planning to train at a gym. So let me take it online and see what happens. So I started with a Facebook account. Um, and then eventually I moved to Instagram and got that going. Yeah. And like I said, I did training online for a while and it was fun. And then it became a chore to try to attract clients and it just wasn't something I was interested in spending my time doing. So I started focusing my profile more on, on me <laughs> and um, it just kind of developed at my Instagram account just grew fairly quickly mm -hmm. and okay. I started to pick up some, I guess you would call them influencer opportunities. Um, oh, cool. I don't love that word, but you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a little odd. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's like page. a stigma behind it or what, what there is. But yeah. Sure. It, and it's not something that I sought out. I didn't set out to do this. It just kind of happened. Yeah. And, um, 
And then I started sort of getting bored with Instagram. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll do a podcast. And so I just very, very quickly started an audio only podcast. But then when I went to, um, I did a poll of my, my followers and everyone thought that video would be much better. So I said, okay, I'll bring my podcast to YouTube. And uh, so that's my new focus. And, you know, it's yeah. such a different beast. So I'm spending a lot of time figuring that out now. Yeah. What's I think was that, was that your question? Did I ramble? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. I love listening to what uh, like that's why I love having a show. Is I, I like to listen to what I want to learn from you as much as possible about anything and everything. That's where it's like, all right, here's my topics, here's my things. I want to know everything I can to make even and uh, as much as I do it for other people as well. It's a matter of I do it for myself as well. Like there, it's not just anything you say is going out my one ear and out the other. And I'm expecting somebody else to take that information and do something with it. It's oh that, that, Oh, interesting. Well, that's yeah. how you can build that. Cool. So that's yeah. been, uh, that's been cool. A lot of so, different, a uh, lot of different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure you've noticed that too. Like mm-hmm. just starting your own. And then I found um, when I was listening to one of your episodes a while ago, um, I think it was the Cliff and Andre one, or it was with when you were just talking with Cliff, but how cool is it? And I want to know, is this how you reach out? Like, how do you reach out to your guests? I randomly message them. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And so that's what I was laughing with as I'm, you know, I'm an introvert. So, so actually producing and recording my podcasts is very anxiety inducing. Really? So, yeah. So he's like, you know, like uh, I survive, but I mean, it's not <laughs> something that I go into with this excitement because yeah. I'm not naturally a good small talker. Like conversation doesn't come naturally to me. So um, I was telling Cliff, yeah. So I just, I, I randomly message people yeah. to ask them if they want to be a guest on my YouTube channel. And then they say yes. And I'm like, Oh, oh, for real? So then, you know, <laughs> half expecting that people will say no, but then yeah. they say yes. So I'm forced to follow up on it. So it brings me on my comfort zone, which I think it's a good so thing funny. that you do things that are not natural to you and you sort of challenge yourself mm-hmm. a bit because um, one thing that, that I hate almost more than anything is complacency. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel like, always trying something new, you know, what harm can it do? So here I am. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I think there's not a lot of people, at least from what I've noticed being around the demographic that I see every day and people my age in their early to mid twenties and late twenties, they don't really want to do anything, let alone do anything new. Mm. It's weird. It's, it's hard. It's that. hard. Yeah. Especially yeah. now, you know, now is a different time. So it's almost like people don't want to be at home, but now that they've had to be at home for so long, it's difficult to break out and do anything because you're just so used to doing nothing. So I think it'll be a yeah. pretty rough transition for a lot of people having to get back into the real swing of things, you know, whenever mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah, I thought it was only going to last two months, but now <laughs> almost, a, almost a year later, it's uh, right. worse than it's been, and there's snow outside. So I mean, you know, there's no uh, yeah. no yeah. excitement there. But <laughs> you know, 
what I was, I was talking to a friend of mine a couple, like about a month ago. And um, it's, a, it was about like the power of how social media has become. And I don't know if you've seen, you ever seen the social dilemma? No, I don't oh. think so. Oh, you need it up. It's such a good movie. It's like a, it's like a documentary on social media on um, Netflix and they have the, um, and they have the, uh, I guess like CEOs and founders of like Twitter and some like higher ups and Facebook and stuff talk about the behind behind the scenes of like how they yeah. manipulate people's minds to always want like being reliant on these devices. And then mm. fast forward to a month later or a month ago, sorry, um, talking to a friend of mine, how it's such a cool, powerful tool that can also be good. And I think you exemplify that when you're saying that I just fire him a message kind of how or exactly how I connected with you is like, oh, I'm, I've heard of you from other people. I've listened to your show a couple times. Mandy, like you have a show. Let's uh, get you on mine. Let's chat. Let's chop it up and hear what you have to mm -hmm. say. So, yeah, there's nothing so. really to lose in that situation. Right. So right. the worst case scenario is that the person says no. That's a good point. That is kind of that is kind of the worst case scenario. It's a yeah. I feel the left on scene. I'm like, oh, they don't even that's never I think I don't know if that's ever happened, though. No. And I don't have nearly the like following or the presence that you do. And so to have like people and I can see where you I can understand and relate when you say the anxiety kicks in a little bit when it's because more often than not, I don't know about you, but they're everybody I have on the show I look up to in, or admire in some way or another, um, whether mm -hmm. it's for who they are, what they do, what they stand for and what they've done with their life so far. And I'm like, whoa, this is cool. And it's like, oh, they're going to give me their time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. So, no, I agree. It's always, you know, people are so generous with their time. That's something that I find, you know, the people that I, I've asked so far to join me on my show are busy humans. And so yeah. I feel like for them to carve out part of their time for me, that's a really great gift. And I really appreciate that. And that's why mm -hmm. I know what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Now, what I've heard you say a couple of times in the past and then today, even once you mentioned it and it's, you say you're socially awkward or you're shy and then talking, <laughs> it's, it's weird to me because it's really? really cool that you put, like you put yourself out there and then you have these vulnerable conversations with people and friends of yours and you're just sending them blank messages. I'm like, how does, so how, I feel like you're almost using your introvert as a skill. Like how do, how do you use that? Do you just face your fear? Or? Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, I, I'm also somebody who always follows through uh, with things that I say that I'm going to do or plans right. that I make or when I have a goal, I definitely achieve it. Mm -hmm. So there's no way that I'm messaging you and saying, Hey, you want to be on my podcast and then decide that I'm, I feel too shy to talk to you. I just, you just do it. Yeah. You just jump in. Like I'm not painfully shy to the point of, you know, being, that it being a detriment to moving forward with anything, but you mm -hmm. know, being outgoing or, or chatting is just not really that natural to me. Although I am getting better at it. This is, this yeah. is forcing it. <laughs> yeah having to have the conversations yeah so, that's good do you feel it's um do you prefer hosting though 
or do you prefer like just this where the pressure's off you all you have to do is show up yeah there's something to that to the just showing up um but then uh, having said that knowing that you're more the reason why people are watching Ooh. is kind of a pressure in itself right interesting so oh, as the host as the host you have a series of questions that you know you're going to ask right and you know while some of your guests are probably tuning in just to watch you they're also tuning in to see the the guest and the onus yeah. for most of the information most of the talking right comes from the guest but it's easier to respond as the guest because you're you just you know i feed off of your questions mm -hmm. right? so so right. it has pros and cons interesting i never would have <laughs> yeah. thought of that and so oh i never would have thought of that pressure where it's hey you're now half the audience or bringing in half the audience to watch and then it's a they show up for you or they show up for your guests and stick around for you kind of thing it feels like or they're listening more to what the guest is saying because mm -hmm. presumably that's that's the interest point of the show right is to listen right. to what the guest has to say so mm -hmm. fingers crossed no one watches no i'm just <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed you're like yeah, no pressure i don't need it so um why over 40 as a um as a brand for yourself because and correct me if i'm wrong that could not be what it is but mm -hmm. it's what it mm -hmm. uh, seems like what you're gearing your audience towards and stuff and um i think i think it's super cool i'm just curious uh, like why uh why that niche how'd that kind of well, come about first of all that's that's me i'm 46 <laughs> so um you know i i know it because i live it and experience it right. and i just find there's not um <laughs> excuse me there's not a huge um demographic with a social media presence of that age like i mean it's growing and you can definitely find it but you're looking more at celebrities right yeah. who are over 40 and doing this and that and it's um and i'm obviously not a celebrity and the reason why it kind of occurred to me in the first place as part of the reason why i got out of training is because uh people were contacting me all of the time with with questions, but they weren't fitness related questions. It was, mm. you know, a lot of mostly women my age would, you know, around my age would be contacting me, asking me stuff like, uh, you know, where'd you get your purse? Where do you get your nails done? All, yeah. you know, these sorts of questions. And so then it started to occur to me that this is what that demographic is looking for. You know, uh, there are people yeah. like me who have spent a lot of time, you know, <clears throat> pursuing a career, raising a family. And now it's kind of like when you get to that certain age, like maybe later thirties, depending when you have kids or if you do, yeah. um, you sort of re-emerge and you're like, whoa, it's it's not the nineties anymore, you know? Oh. So now what do I do? Now yeah. do I, what do I do, right? Yeah, it's a different world um, almost. Yeah, so just that was kind of the, the initiating moment, I guess, for me when I decided that maybe I'll just start not even really um, doing anything, but just showing pictures of myself. And not that, you know, I call myself the over 40 expert, but I am by no means that. But it's just, you know, just kind of a thing. And so I mean, it works. Go with so. it. Yeah, it's working. Yeah. So it's working so far. Yeah, no yeah. So. That's good. That's interesting, though. Because yeah. what I'm also wondering um, on that subject is um, what's it called? Um, 
I talked to a mutual friend of ours, Andre, and uh, he said something similar to that um, on this topic, whereas post um, like having kids, marriage, and you're like, okay, almost like you said, it's not the 90s anymore. Now what? Mm-hmm. I'm like married, I have kids. I don't like, there's no, I'm, yeah. I've done all that. So he, he's saying to me, he's like, man, 40 is the new 20. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. interesting. What do you, uh, what's your perspective on that little uh, nugget? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I, something that I always say is that I would, I I would definitely not trade 46 for 26 ever. No, no, really? That's cool. Uh, You you know, I, I, I have, I'm financially stable now. I, you know, I have a partner that I love. I have kids that I love. I have my health. I'm Mm -hmm. in the best shape of my life. I have life experience, which is yeah. you know, probably the main thing. Yeah, um, no and I don't, I don't want to have to go through all of that. You know, mm. it's taken me what 40, 40 years to <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. I don't want to figure it out again. I mean, I guess if I could right. take everything that I have and am now and be 26 and have all of this time to exist, mm-hmm. um, that would be worth it but going backwards never no never no way yeah wow even mm. like wow that's cool i never would have thought yeah. of that i would have said oh i'd kill anything to be 20 again and i'm like no. No, i don't know no, if that's you. yeah i'm not sure <laughs> i don't know if that's i feel that can be a very and it could just be the industry i work in i meet a lot of like like men in there like 40s and 50s and they're always or even 30s and they're like my back's always sore like mm-hmm. what i'd kill to be your age again and i'm like yeah it's interesting you saying well, the polar opposite it depends on how you take care of yourself as well too right yeah. so if you if you don't take care of your body uh eat well most of the time you know stay in relatively good right. shape then you know you're gonna you're gonna feel awful mm-hmm. um but some 20 year olds feel pretty awful too. So, yeah, that's a good point. I think you're right. It kind of depends mm-hmm. on how you take care of yourself and everything. Definitely. Do you find Definitely. it's more important now, like uh, down the road, to take care of yourself or like almost play catch up? Or is it better just start off and try to get in better health? Like, um, I, I've yeah. never been someone who's really struggled with health and fitness issues. Um, yeah. I would say that probably I'm in better shape now than I was in my 20s and 30s, yeah. 20s and 30s rather, uh, just because in the olden days of the 90s, when I was a teenager and and uh, going into university, mm-hmm. working out in fitness wasn't what it is now, right? right? And we had no social media, we had no so you know you kind of watched what you ate and you did some you know cardio and that was it you know yeah. so i was an i was in you know okay shape or whatever and then after i had my kids i you know i didn't want to keep on that yeah. 60 pounds that i gained both times so i started taking working out more seriously nice. and now it's the 2000s so there's a lot more um, information out there on what to do so to stay fit and whatever right so mm-hmm. 
And then, I, like I said, as my kids started to get older, it became easier for me to take more time to focus on myself and fitness and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's important to, whenever you kind of get the epiphany or the realization that, well, I need to take care of myself, you should do that. And it's best, I would think, to develop that habit early, you know, like we try to teach our kids now as teenagers, like you're working out and you're eating properly to maintain health. And, but I think the thing that changes mostly, or that did for me, and I think for a lot of people is, is that, um, yeah, I, I work out and I eat well because mm-hmm. I want to look good, yeah. you know, obviously. Yeah, that's what everybody uh, uh, what it is you know i don't think i think people will be lying if they didn't say that was one motivator a hundred percent yeah but now more for me it's that i want to extend this good health into even older age yeah right that's awesome that's really cool. different motivation i guess or a different factor of motivation yeah now something cool i'm wondering is um how do you instill and it could be whether from personal experiences or what you've seen worked with friends of yours, but, um, or even with yourself, um, how do you instill or what do you recommend people do to instill in their kids growing up to have that habit of, um, being in shape, healthy eating? Do you think it's like a lead by example thing or how do they do it? Yeah, I think there's a bit of both. Um, I mean, I think you have to be really careful, especially, with girls because, you know, you don't want to be pressuring them. There's already enough mm-hmm. pressure in society about the way you should look and, yeah. you know, how, how thin or not thin you should be or, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. And so I think that we, we, my partner and I um, try to lead more by example. Nice. And then, you know, we'll, we'll talk to our kids about things like the importance of why we're eating this way and, or you know, why we're not eating another way or why we're working out and, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, we, we, we basically just let them kind of experience life and figure it out on their own and take initiative on their own. Like we don't Mm -hmm. force them to do any particular activities or eat a certain way, but, you know, and then I think they, like I said, they just kind of learn by, uh, by example. Right. Interesting. I've always felt seeing, yeah like seeing friends of mine even as like younger dads or more so my older brothers and just the way they kind of deal because that's my way of relating to the having kids things like oh my my older brothers have kids so (laughs) now all of a sudden i think i'm uh i know a thing or two about it but yeah that's not true um but i find seeing it and how it's everything because it's weird. I never would have thought how much of an example of a role parents play. It's not just what they say or what they do. It's there's everything. There's like the mannerisms, the way they talk to other people, the mm-hmm. way they conduct themselves. I didn't know it was that many things they took yeah. from the people they're around or they look up to. Never would have yeah. thought that. So it's interesting. Well, I still even um, think of myself now as I am now and I, mm-hmm. I see my parents right? Really, so yeah. as when you're growing up and you're like, oh, my parents are so embarrassing and therefore <laughs> so annoying. You know, yeah. I'm sure my kids think that about me at times, but they'll, they'll end up being me. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm always hoping the opposite. I'm like, I don't want to end up like them. And then you're saying like, yeah, you're, <laughs> and you're then you will. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> oh no. 
Oh man, I don't know. Jesus. So your channel and your show, it seems to be geared towards, you have a lot more content, it seems, and correct me if I'm wrong for sure on this, but um, it seems geared towards men. It is. More so. Yes. Okay. I'm not crazy to think that. Okay. No. <laughs> In <laughs> fact, awesome. Cliff, another mutual friend of yes. ours helped me pick the name, uh, which is, uh, I just changed it to For the Gents. For the Gents. I love it. What do you it. think? Do you I love, love it? it. Okay. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And so the reason why I target men is um, they're my audience. I know it's yeah. shocking. It's hard to believe that, but uh, yeah, no. So I, you know, you can analyze your audience demographic if you know that mm -hmm. it, uh, through Instagram and my audience demographic is about 68% men over 35. So I thought, why would you reinvent the wheel? Why, you know, they always say when you, when you watch any kind of pro who's giving advice on content creation, the one of the the biggest tips for creating content is to create content that your audience wants to watch so you don't create what they call selfish content which is shit that you want to talk about yeah. <laughs> right yeah you 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 make stuff for the audience who's watching you or else they're not going to watch yeah. so i thought um well if nearly 70 percent of my audience is men over 35. Why would I do a makeup tutorial? Right? Huh. Like, <laughs> they might tune in yeah. for a second, because they want to see me or whatever it yeah. is, or they're interested in what yeah. might happen. And then you don't get your audience retention and then nobody Yeah, That's it's right. this whole, That's right. whole thing. Yeah. So huh. I thought, you know, I'll, I'll target that demographic in possibly a way that's not generally targeted. Mm -hmm which is um, presenting topics that, you know, men care about or like or enjoy watching, at least I think. Yeah. <laughs> from, I'm still trying to figure it out a little bit, but, uh, but from a woman's perspective. Which I think is something that, <laughs> excuse me, and this is something that I found I got really, I wouldn't say even, because I don't like saying this sentence, but better with women. I just say more confident myself, let's say that instead, um, mm -hmm. by asking women questions about like, well, what color looks best? Everything's shy mm -hmm. of that, where it's like, I can't, it almost feels, feels weird asking a guy friend of mine versus asking like a woman friend of mine, like, hey, what do you think of the shit? And they're like, oh, it looks good or it really brings out your eyes. I'm like, my, my best friend, my best guy friend wouldn't have said that. So it's, it's a weird, so I'm like, it's yeah. probably the most underrated perspective you like mm -hmm. there is, it's like a woman's perspective on what, on like the way guys dress and the way they be, it's very underrated. And I think it's mm -hmm. something that a lot of dudes and especially, or guys are, and especially guys my age even, and nowadays COVID time. And then with the era of social media and how they conduct themselves, I think it's, it's huge to take full advantage of that. So if you're uh, listening, watching, and uh, you're a dude, uh, check out Mandy's YouTube channel. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Now it's just something. Um, also, I think you ha you had a point that sometimes, and this is actually in my bio. Sometimes an unbiased female perspective 
is exactly what you need. Yeah. So, you know, exactly like you're saying, does this, how do I tie this tie? Like, does this tie match the shirt? What about my socks? Should I wear a belt? What about a three-piece suit? Do I need cufflinks? Anything, you know, like those. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. Let me cut this part off. No. Is it working? Oh, oh no. Content that... Yes. Men generally tend to be more interested in like sports or, you know, whatever to, um, you know, other social media influencers to outdoor stuff, you know, anything. Not that women aren't interested in those things, but I'm, I target my audience. So, yeah, which is smart. I never would have thought to like look and go, oh, this is my demographic. But I've noticed though on with um, my audience so far, at least with the podcast specifically, not so much YouTube, but it's, this is who, like you said, I think it's really smart to go, oh, this is my demographic. Well, 80% of my followers are men. Like you said, why do a makeup tutorial? People will watch it, but it's maybe more or less people, if at all. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So that's really cool though. That's really interesting. So how do you go about doing that then? Is it just a lot of research or, cause you did a beard oil review and things like that. I'm like, you don't have a beard. So how is it? How, what's that process like? Yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> unreal would it just be like uh, a five o'clock shadow sorry or would it be like a gandalf um uh, well it's like, just started out five o'clock shadow see where it went oh nice nice yeah i get it um how do i pick topics at to be honest right now they're just kind of random um so what i've been doing is thinking of guests and then thinking who wants to watch this and you know, if the answer is not definitely not men, then I don't ask them. But if it's like men, but only if we talk about this, then I, I, you know, I, I pick the guest and then we sort of transit or like steer or veer the topic towards more male oriented conversation. Like the other day when I spoke to somebody about wine, it was, you know, we, we talked about things like, well, if you're on a date, how do you know what wine to choose off the menu or, you know, just some yeah. things kind of like that, like some date night suggestions or whatever. Right. Like if you're going out and there's, Oh, you know what she wants to order. So you get a wine that pairs well with that and, and type of thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Cause I think, you know, a, a lot of times we're worried about the cost and, you don't want to seem like cheap by ordering a less expensive wine, but at the yeah. same time, make choosing the most expensive option isn't always the best idea either. So right. you know, it might just, taste worse. just some considerations like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What is something like a common consistency you hear women say as a piece of advice for men that you, that you can uh, pass on to the generation before? I think that what seems to be a concern for women is finding someone who's gentlemanly and who isn't too forward in presuming that she wants to be a partner of his in any Mm way. And, but I think that's not men or women's fault in any way. I just think with the ease of contacting people now all you have to do is send a message really it allows people to perhaps behave in ways 
that they wouldn't choose to behave if they had to have a face-to-face -face interaction with somebody. Yeah. So my main advice to men and women for that matter is yeah. um, if you were to approach this person in person, how would you approach them? Mm -hmm. And you might consider that before yeah. sending a message. Smart. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of times even just thinking that a friend, I, well, more, more so used to have friends who do that similar thing. I'm like, yo, I'll send this. I'm like, there's no way you would even walk up to her in person, let alone no. say that to her. That's right. I'm like, you should throw your phone down the toilet, dude. That's not, <laughs> it's kind of bad. Like, it's, it's really bad. And I've only seen it a few times. So, oof. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a, that's a frustrating thing. I don't know why there's such a need to do that way or to be that way. I don't know if it's a laziness thing or if it's like you said, like the ease of contact. Accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look mm -hmm. at it. Yeah. What is so, some I don't know. I'm not an online dating expert because I've never <laughs> done online dating, yeah. but I'm just saying that to me, that would be, and to a lot of women that I speak to, it's, you know, you're, you're looking for somebody who's appreciating and respecting and, you know, all of those things. So, mm -hmm. so, Mandy, do you have any like overall advice from your experiences um, for the mothers out there that you could say, like if one like almost thing to instill or like tip that they could use in their everyday just to make it, I guess, stress-free because moms always seem to be very stressed out, at least from the few I know. So. <laughs> well, moms are stressed out, right? That's true. <laughs> <There> we <go. laughs> uh, well, first I would say it does get easier if you're like a newish mom or you have just small kids, it's all consuming, right? And dads too, um, but it does yeah. get easier, generally speaking, for me anyway, as my mm -hmm. kids got older, just because, you know, once they're able to self-sustain a little bit, the pressure kind of comes off a bit. Right. And, but advice that I would give is yeah. to not forget about yourself. So I think that happens yeah. to especially moms, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I think a lot of times it falls more on moms to feel responsible and they, and it, maybe it's just the nature of mothering is that you, you dedicate and focus all of your attention on your children mm -hmm. and you forget about yourself along the way. And that's where I saw in my experience as a trainer and whatnot, mm -hmm. women gaining a lot of weight. They just, you know, they don't even know what their interests are anymore because mm -hmm. they've let it all fall away. They have no friends, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. maintain your life as well. Like, so take care of yourself as well as you take care of your children. Imagine every mom did that. We'd have a lot of happy moms. <laughs> maintain your life. In each room. Does that doing that, though do you find it would because from what you've said so far it seems like that's what you do like you haven't forgot yourself you do your own thing as well and then come back to it and like it's a you balance it out well right from at least i know from what you've said so far um, i do now i don't think that i always did mm -hmm. and um sometimes it's hard and i know that it, like it's hard to to do that when it's, it's a very stressful time or can be when yeah. you have kids and, you know, maybe your marriage isn't going so great just because mm -hmm. of the stress and, you know, you have to go to work all day and then you have to come home and you have to do dinner and all those things. So it's, it's very stressful. And yeah, the rough. last thing you want to do is go to the gym or whatever, but I think, I think it's mm -hmm. necessary. Yeah. 
Interesting. So that's yeah, a uh, schedule time for yourself, just like you would anything else. And I think that's important, even if it's 20 minutes to do a meditation, yeah. anything, right? Somewhere to come like something, right? To come back to mm -hmm. yourself. And then, that's just yours. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. It's not something you do. Uh, it's a you, yeah. you specific thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Now, do you have any overall, as we kind of gear towards the end of the show, any like, overall perspective or experiences that you think the audience um which would be in like the early 20s to mid 20s friends around my age people around my age who have kind of gravitated towards what the show is and what it can be um do you have any advice from your time in that age range that you're like oh if i would have known this I would have gotten my goal sooner or things would have went smoother. Or do you have any uh, piece of advice or experience that uh, you share? I think uh, for me, I, if I did have to go back to 20 or 25 or whatever, I would be less in a hurry to, to um, fit the mold of adulthood. And, and so I don't know what it's like now. Like, that was 20 years ago, right? Yeah. That I was 26. So, but for me at that time, um, I felt, you know, I needed to move on to become a professional, to get my job, to get married, to have kids. Those were all of the things that I was in a rush to do. Mm -hmm. And I would not do that now. No, I, I would, I would take the pressure off of achieving the or accomplishing those things and maybe take a bit more time to exist as an adult before moving into that stage of life. Fascinating. What would yeah. um, you saying that I'm wondering what would that look like? Um, like taking more time know. to be an adult in that uh, um, realm of things. I think maybe take more time to do things that adulthood affords you to do. And I, I mean that almost literally. Mm -hmm. So by the time you get a job and then you start to make some money, um, because not that money means everything, but it does allow you certain opportunities yeah, that does. having no money <laughs> oh, yeah. does, uh, you know, so oh, yeah. traveling, and I don't mean traveling the world even necessarily, yeah, but take three years off to go live in Asia no but travel to go to BC go mm -hmm. wherever like experience some traveling um experience people um experience just you know that just life mm -hmm. to, to be selfish about it yeah before Which you have okay. to give yourself away to other stuff for a large chunk of your life yeah and so I feel like that's what I will encourage my kids to do nice don't settle down so so young huh. or, or too young yeah. yeah i feel would you say settle down is when you because i find when people use that term it's very it's like it almost means don't be in a relationship when you're a young adult unless like you're about to marry them but i almost wonder if it's like just support each other's goals and go through that or how that kind of I works. think relationships are important, and I think it's important mm -hmm. to have relationships, especially when you're young, because I, um, I, f I feel like they're good learning opportunities. 
I, I just don't think that deciding to be with one partner too mm. early is a good idea, yeah. especially if you haven't experienced a lot of other kinds of relationships or relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, just like anything else, like, you know, you don't decide on a car after you see just one car. <laughs> yeah, that's a good you know? point. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, pretty good. So choosing a life partner, I think, should probably take a little bit of time as well. Mm -hmm. And figuring out yourself too, right? Like when you're 20, you don't know who you are. When you're yeah. 30, you don't know who you are. No. And sometimes when you're 40, you don't even know who you are. So take time to figure those things out. Yeah. Then make more significant decisions, you know. Interesting. Yeah. That's that's a really good piece of advice. That's that's wow. some old person advice for you. That's some old person <laughs> advice. That's really, really, really long time ago in high school person <laughs> advice. Oh, that's too funny. That's amazing. I find to that there's a lot of I almost think that's like there's that same amount of pressure. But I feel people are also rushing into it now more like sooner. It's oh, weird. Yeah? Okay. It feels like from what I've noticed, it's like people should listen to exactly what you said. People like in their they're like 20. I have a couple of friends who are like in their early, early 20s. They're younger than me. Like an ex-girlfriend who's younger than me has a baby. And I'm like, good for you guys. I'm glad I'm glad that he's healthy and everything. It's just like it mm -hmm. all seems a little soon for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, lots of good things come of those sorts of decisions as well. Mm -hmm. I, but in my experience, um, if I were to do it over and the advice that I give, like I said, that I give my children yep. is to be selfish. You do you first. <laughs> you do you first <laughs> before you go. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. So Mandy, mm. this is, um, this has been fun. This I'm glad. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I wasn't nervous at all. No, Just I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I always find I get nervous a bit and I'll probably cut this part out anyway. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Um, I always find I get nervous doing shows, especially when like at first it was, it just looked awkward. And then now it's like, I'm talking to people who I admire, who I look up to, who have accomplished more. And it's a lot of things, things that I'm like, all right, you got to prepare, you got to plan, you got to prepare, you got to like be yeah. attentive, like have a process yeah. that works. And then it's, it's cool though. Right. Cause it's, you go from, mm -hmm. it's not being too comfortable to going to, well, instead of it looking really painful to watch and listen to now it's really good but now it puts more on the host. So I'm like, I'm not nervous to go have a conversation with my friend when yeah. I record it. The first time I did it, I was like, it was just like, well, what's your favorite color? And it's like, nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. But now it's like, oh, what's the like, yeah. advice you have for men? And it's like, there's a lot more to unpack as, yeah. like, uh, as shows go forward. And I yeah. think what you're doing in your show and the people you've had on so far, and then the message and your audience, I think is phenomenal. I'm Thank a you. fan. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. Like it's a, uh, it's really good. And it, I think it's cool as well for me as a listener, knowing the guests you have on prior to mm -hmm. you having them on. Yeah. I like, I could talk, I could listen to Cliff talk all day, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that. So yeah. hearing yeah. the conversations you have and the way you go about talking to them is, um, 
it's super cool and i'm a i'm a fan and uh, i appreciate your uh, time today well thank you very much and i appreciate you asking me to be a guest and that is great feedback because um i'm still learning too so i'm yeah. still you know trying to refine my own interviewing techniques <laughs> which you know under construction so but anyways thank you for the feedback thank you for the opportunity uh, it was fun <laughs>